Hey y'all, it's your girl Miss Mouthy, and I am so thankful that you're tuning in today. So, today is Mouthy Mondays. It is March the 1st, the first day in woman's history. And I just got a lot to say, y'all. Like, first, I'm overwhelmed and happy today. One of my articles, my very first article, um, as Miss Mouthy came out in Prize Source Magazine, which is, um, the publishers for Between the Lines, if anybody who knows of that magazine, it's like one of the biggest magazines here in Michigan. So that was an honor to be a part of that and like really be highlighted about my podcast and like to know that people tuning in. So I thank y'all for the bottom, from the bottom of my heart. It's very humbling to know that people can really appreciate my podcast and what I'm saying, as well as. Today is my 14th episode. It is going to be entitled, Sex is Normal and Money is Necessary. And so I wanted to talk about this topic before. And it was... And so the topic is heavy. And so I felt like I had to do it justice by breaking it down in a few parts. So that's what y'all going to get. Today, we're going to talk to a young man from the city named Jeremy, who's done a lot of work, and kind of get his intake on it, because I did sit on the board with the DPD police in the community, trying to um, get people more engaged with the police, and so he had brought up a really good question around what does it look like when it comes to police decriminalizing sex work here in Detroit, Um And so I'll let y'all hear about what that conversation looked like. And as well as I'm going to actually, because he referenced what they were doing in another county called Washtenaw. And so I got to sit down with the um, prosecutor of Washtenaw County. And he gave me a lot of useful information. Because one thing I don't want to do is talk about this topic and not give people vital information where they can retain it in a way that really helps them understand what sex work is, what criminalization looks like, and how on both ends, whether as a sex worker or a politician, you could help combat this whole thing that impacts so many people's lives. So that is what I want to get into. And later, I'll give y'all some more resources around what it looked like if you are a sex worker and do get criminalized for whatever reason. Thank you. I think I got it. Um, Okay. So, like I was saying, this is about decriminalizing sex work and what that looks like. Um, So again, y'all got to bear with me. Hi, love. How are you? I'm trying something different. Trying to record my podcast while being on Facebook to just incorporate you all. Um, I definitely think it's really important to talk about this. Um, Because Jeremy made a good, really good point when he brought it up. I think I'm adding you now, Jeremy. Okay, perfect. Hey, sorry. I was just trying to figure this whole thing out. 
It's okay. I would have been the same way. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. So I'm letting everybody know I'm 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 dark because I'm it's late and I got my do rag on and I look crazy. So period. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very verbal, so you guys can hear me. Okay. It's, yeah, it's been a long day. It's been, but we're going to do this thing. So, like I was telling everybody before you got on, um, I love what you were talking about yesterday when we were on the DPD um, community meeting. I don't know why that question hit me so hard. And so, just for a better context for people who watching, Jeremy had asked a question about... Um, what pretty much what do police feel about decriminalizing um sex work when it comes to the LGBT community? So, um, what invoked that question, Jeremy? Well, I felt like it was it was it was a good question because one, I mean, with this whole uh, upbringing of the LGBT council with the Detroit uh, Police Department, I felt like that's a number one issue that police and the LGBT community, particularly our black trans girls, have, you know, there's a, a complete disconnect there. And so I figured that was a good question to ask because it would kind of get the ball rolling and get the wheels turning. And then it just so happened, like I said uh, yesterday on the Zoom, that uh, Washington County was being very progressive in decriminalizing sex work and saying that they want you know, send people to jail, that they did research on this, and they understand that, you know, a criminalizing sex work is only making the problem worse. Mm-hmm. And so that got my wheels on. I was like, wow, it's a city like Washington County, you know, Ann Arbor, you know, is, is, being, is, is doing that, and Detroit is not, you know, and hasn't even brought up the issue. And I know we have things like Fair Michigan in place and those things that, that that's a protection, but I need for the Detroit City Council and Detroit Police to be on accord with that, because I think it's important. Like, why are we criminalizing sex work? Like, why are you going after the sex workers when a lot of these sex workers are victims of crime, of high crimes, and they don't want to talk. They don't want to come forward. They don't want to cooperate with the police because they're being criminalized. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, I want to go in and, and tell my story, but are they going to put me in handcuffs, you know, at the same time? Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's ridiculous. And I think that with Detroit being kind of the biggest city, you know, them here, you know, the black city, the thing that's going on, and should be more progressive, this is something that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like I said yesterday, um, the, the criminalization of sex work has, has proved catastrophic to uh, public health. Like when sex work is criminalized, sex workers lose bargaining power in the transaction, which makes it less likely that they can insist upon like things like condom use. And so that in turn facilitates like the spread of HIV, and other sexually transmitted infections and substance abuse and all that. So it's a trickle-down effect into the public health of the community. And so, yes, I need to know what is DPG doing. And so it pissed me off yesterday 
that our illustrious Chief Craig skated around the question like he always do, you know, with, with a lot of things, and never answered it. And it was just so disheartening because it was something that could have been, I know we were running out of time, but it was something that he could have at least gave a, a, a silver lining or a light to that we're working on it. Or we, we know we understand that this is an issue and this is what I'm thinking as a, as a leader that we can do. And nothing came out of that. He kind of almost kind of put the blame back on people. And it, 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 it just was like, okay, wow, what are we here for? And you know, the sad <laughs> reality is that, like, sex is natural. So people going to be having sex, been having sex, going to have sex, um, whatever kind of sex. And then the fact that we oftentimes get goods and services and you don't go into a clothing store or a hair salon or any of these other places and put your moral standpoint on how somebody give you that service. And I think it's no different. And when, as long as we keep continuing. Somebody made a really good point in my comments earlier on Facebook. Was that like as long as the porn industry is going on. Then I don't think it should be the same level of criminalization. That goes along with um, sex work. Exactly. And, I, I, and one of the biggest misconceptions right. Um. Is that sex work just look predominantly female, um, which we what I've learned really early on is that in our city, like, males share the same population of doing sex work and it, it don't skip anybody just because you're female. And so I want people to know that as well when it comes to doing sex work and there's so many different variations of how people get swept or introduced into sex work and I want people to take their moral standpoints out of like how they feel about sex work it's not about is it a wrong thing it's no different than slut shaming or body shaming or all those things sometimes it is really a matter of survival and I need people to understand that with like specifically the trans women um, here in our city is that, like, sometimes it just is, are you going to eat today? Am I going to have my room fair? Um, am I going to be able to have the essentials to be able to present the way I want to present? And so, um, that's really important. And I love that a lot of people who made the comments was really about decriminalizing sex work because it's a conversation oftentimes that I feel like, does not get talked about. Um, it's no different than when we talk about sex. Like, you know, one thing about you, Jeremy, is that you used to do a lot of community work and you used to educate us on sex work. So could you give us a little background about the organizations you used to work for and the type of work you used to do? Yeah, so, okay, so I started in this, like, field Back in like 2004, 2005, I started volunteering at an organization called Empowerment Detroit. And I just kind of got into the whole sexual health of our community. You know, I saw that our HIV rates were, were sky high and young black gay men. I just saw that like a lot of people were turning to sex work. And I knew that I could, and I knew I was popular in the community. So I knew that I kind of want to be a part and kind of want to be 
educate myself so I can educate others. And I thought, and it just became like fun to me. And then it kind of turned into a career. And so like I volunteered there. I remember I got my first job at the Detroit Health Department uh, through AmeriCorps. And I was just doing HIV testing in the STD and HIV clinic. And, you know, I started to see so much. And and then from there, just like, you know, different jobs. And I kind of advanced my career in, in this whole realm of public health and sexual health and all of that. I even worked at Planned Parenthood. So okay. I really like vast on, yeah, and I really vast on like women's health. It's so funny. Uh, sidebar, when I talk to girls, and they be like, why do you know that? And I be like, well, I did work at Planned Parenthood. I did used to administer birth control to females, I mean, to women, sorry, I ain't saying females, to women, and, you know, all that type of stuff. So I'm I'm, I, I'm very vast on, on, on sexual health just in general. So um, why do you think that people are so taboo when it comes to, like, talking about sex or sex work or those types of things? Because they need to grow up. No, I mean, <laughs> they do need to grow up, but I think that just in general, in our in our black community, talking about sex is like a hush hush thing. Like our parents and and grandparents and stuff like that was not open with us with talking about sex. You know, we had, you know, in a lot of our black families, we had the the uncle or the auntie or somebody was getting molested or molesting someone, but it was swept up on the rug. But we knew about it, but we didn't want to talk about it. And so, a lot of those things is just like generational things that we need to cut cut it out um because oh i think we lost him i'm sure he'll come back um but that's one thing he made a very good point and like people don't understand sometimes the generational curse can automatically get people um introduced to sex work whether it's getting getting somehow brought up in the foster care system or um not being in the foster care system, but being in a family structure that has a lot of sexual predators, or just we know economically when you don't have the money or the resources or the funds to sometimes live the life that you feel that you need, sometimes it is all about means. But what was you saying, Jeremy? Okay, yeah, I'm back. I think I got this back <laughs> for a second. So, um,. So, like, like talking about sex is, is just, like, really taboo. And, like, within our gay community, I think that we carry a lot of that that cultural, generational thing that's been brought down from our parents into our own personal lives. So a lot of us are walking around, clutching our pearls and stuff like that, when behind closed doors, we, we do this, we do that, we're biggest freaks and all this type of stuff. And so, for me, I always try to be very candid about talking about sex. Um, just even like with friends and younger people that I know or like, you know, my, I have cousins that are young and gay. It's like, be, be comfortable with talking about sex. That's how you gain confidence in yourself sexually. Like mm-hmm. you won't do anything that you don't want to do. You know, you will make responsible and decisions based off what you want to do. And so that's how I always think about it. And so like talking about sex. It shouldn't be taboo. I mean, yes, you should have some privacy and you know some reservedness to you because I do. But you know, best believe or no, I, I it's no shame in my game about anything I've done or ever will do or want to do. You know what I'm saying? And so, I think that we have to normalize being sexual beings because that's who we are. Yeah, we we got here. We got here 
through sex, most of us. <laughs> and it's a part of life, you know what I'm saying? And so with the whole sex work thing. Let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. It's going good. How are you? Good, good. Okay, so welcome, welcome, welcome. This is my podcast, Miss Mouthy. And one thing that I really wanted to discuss was the decriminalization of sex work um, and what that looks like in each county. And sure. Uh, b- b- before we start, uh, okay. actually, uh, so I got a hard stop at noon, just so you know. Okay, great. So we right. won't yep. take up too much time. Um, the interesting thing about the conversation was brought up. Um, I was sitting on a board with the DPD and community members um, trying to just get a connection between community and police and what that looks like for the LGBT community. And um, one of the callers had brought up the work that y'all were doing in Washtenaw County, which I thought was really amazing. And then it just so happened that it came full circle that I got to meet and speak with you. Um, so, for a lack of better words, could you introduce yourself and tell the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so, so my name is Ellie Sabat. I am the elected prosecuting attorney here in Washtenaw County. Uh, you know, I come to this work uh, through what a lot would consider a non-traditional background. Uh, you know, before. Running for office, I was a public interest and civil rights lawyer. Uh, I Early in my legal career, I had the great opportunity to work for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, before, um, uh, before I moved back to Michigan, I spent some time in D.C. as an attorney where I represented criminal defendants, uh, folks in immigration proceedings, victims of domestic violence and spousal abuse. Uh, and actually, I started my career before I was a lawyer as an eighth grade public school U.S. history teacher where I taught okay. uh, both special education and general education classes. So uh, a lot of my work and what I hope to bring to the prosecutor's office is an appreciation for how what we do in the criminal legal system really affects everything that happens outside of it. Um, and that's uh, what's been driving our policy changes, and, and that's the direction that we're taking the office in moving forward. Good, good, good. Um, what, what kind of was the process, or what really brought the attention to this policy in particular for Washtenaw County to get behind? Sure. So, you know, the, the, the question regarding uh, sex work is, is one that has had increased prominence in recent years. Uh, you know, you have uh, groups uh, of, of sex workers and former sex workers who have been advocating for uh, harm reduction strategies uh, and advocating for decriminalization. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, the, the data on this is really pretty clear uh, that if you really want to address uh, the harms that often come that are adjacent to sex work, uh, the sexual assault, the physical assault, the coercion, uh, the trafficking, the best thing that you could do is not to uh, prosecute sex workers themselves. Uh, Because if you fear 
uh, interaction with law enforcement, why would you ever trust law enforcement at all? Uh, and so it, it took place against the backdrop of this national conversation. And, and as, as folks may know, uh, organizations ranging from Amnesty International to the ACLU uh, to the United Nations Commission on AIDS and HIV uh, to the, the largest network of organizations helping human trafficking survivors and Freedom Network have called for the decriminalization of sex work. Uh, but we also uh, took the time to listen and to speak with community leaders who are harm reductionists, uh, folks who are uh, active sex workers, folks who work with sex workers around what they needed to see in order to feel safe. Now, I want to be clear, I haven't decriminalized anything because it that's not something that I can do. Right. I can't change the law. Uh, what I can do in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion is, is say that we are not going to be prosecuting sex work. And the reason that we wanted to, to do that and we wanted to make very public that we are doing that is because we want folks to know that uh, you can come to us, you can come to law enforcement in Washtenaw County in the prosecutor's office if you are a sex worker and you're the victim of a sexual assault, a physical assault, coercion, if a buyer refuses to use a condom despite your expressed wishes, right. uh, that is a sexual assault. And we want you to know that we're not going to turn around and prosecute you because you reported this very serious crime, which is really what we want to address. Okay. Because um, one thing we do a lot is in Detroit, Trans women of color is heavily impacted by, you know, sex work and those things. And we kind of seen what was going on in Washington. And what advice would you give or have there been any type of local exchange with the city of Detroit around policy? Sure. So, uh, so, so we've been in contact and we've been in conversation with, uh, and actually I just got uh, my, my, my last week before this, was with a network of advocates, sex worker advocates, uh, and harm reductionists that operate not just in Washington County, but uh, throughout Southeast Michigan, and, and, and many of them are based uh, uh, in Detroit. So, you know, what I would say is, is you know, in terms of organizing, uh, the most important thing I think that folks can do is to raise their voices and demand a seat at the table. Uh, I am a big proponent of the mantra that uh, nothing about us without us. And if uh, folks are going to be making policy uh, and decisions in government that impact in one way or another folks who are actively engaged in sex work, sex workers uh, and advocates need to be at the table. Now, I, I will say that one thing quite candidly that has prevented this is precisely the relationship that law enforcement has with uh, folks in the sex work community. Uh, because, okay. uh, you, you know, by definition, if you speak up and you say, I'm an active sex worker and the current policies are harming me and making it dangerous for me and my family, mm -hmm. uh, because you are admitting to committing a crime in the state of Michigan and, and sex work is still illegal in the state of Michigan, uh, folks often aren't able to speak up or don't feel comfortable Correct. speaking up. 
So, so it's also important, I think, for allies to speak up, uh, allies that work directly with sex workers um, to speak up uh, where sex workers may not feel comfortable doing so. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, trans women of color. Uh, and if you, you know, if you look at the statistics, trans women of color and particularly black trans women are uh, the, the folks that are most affected by the criminalization of sex work. I mean, this is not just in, in Michigan, but, uh, you know, in, in, in New York City, I think it was 40 percent of trans women in New York City reported having been stopped by the police on suspicion of engaging in sex work, even when they weren't doing it. Right. right? So this is really uh, it, it is an LGBTQ rights issues. And, uh, you know, even uh, if if sex workers, active sex workers themselves, aren't uh, able to make it to the table because they fear prosecution uh, right. until and unless somebody comes through and, and, and says what we've said, that, that we welcome your voice and we're not going to turn around and prosecute you, uh, I think it's important for, for allies and particularly uh, you know those who work with impacted populations and, and advocate for uh, trans rights uh, to, to, to speak up on, on, on their behalf. Good. Thank you so much for that. Um, is there anything that you will want other policymakers to know when considering this type of policy on like how it necessarily impacts people or just how you came about your own personal standpoint on why it's important yeah you know i think it's i think it's just important to listen to all sides of the argument on this uh and far too frequently as i as i mentioned because sex workers have been criminalized and have been forced into the shadows uh sex workers aren't comfortable speaking up. Now that's changing, right? You have organizations uh, that are organizing and are advocating uh, that are led by sex workers and former sex workers. Uh, but but too frequently, those folks aren't at the table. And so I think uh, being proactive as a policymaker and going out and reaching out to uh, sex work-led organizations, uh, Answer Detroit is one on a national scale. You have SWOPE. Uh, uh, you know, as as well as organizations that may work with uh, sex workers is tremendously important. Uh, and the voices of, of those who are harmed by current policies need to be at the table and need to be listened to. But beyond that, uh, I think it's important to look at the data, look at the research. This is not a new question. The question of criminalization versus decriminalization of sex work is one that has been exhaustively studied uh, and the best research out there and, and, I, and I read a lot of stuff uh, before <laughs> I decided to uh, move forward with this policy because you, you, you want to avoid any unintended consequences but the best research uh, and the most unbiased research has demonstrated that uh, the best model moving forward to protect the health and safety of everybody in the community is full decriminalization. Uh, and I'll, I'll point policymakers to the ACLU this past uh, year did a uh, meta study of 80 studies on this question, right? And, and they reached the conclusion that um, uh, decriminalization is the best 
option, that it, that it uh, does best to protect health, to protect safety, to encourage the reporting of serious crimes, and to combat human trafficking. Uh, and that's not just the ACLU's conclusion. As I mentioned, it's also the conclusion of the United Nations uh, Council on AIDS, of Amnesty International, and of uh, independent researchers like The Lancet, uh, which is the world's leading independent medical uh, journal, the leading one in the mm-hmm. world, and they concluded that the best thing we could do to stop the spread of sexually transmitted infections uh, is to decriminalize sex work worldwide, uh, precisely because once it's criminalized, uh, it makes sex workers less able to insist upon condom usage. So so these aren't folks with a pre-existing uh, skin in the game, right? They didn't come to this with a right. conclusion that was already predetermined. They did the research, they looked at the data, and they concluded that uh, this is the best thing that we can do. Uh, the other thing that I'll point policymakers to is the experience of Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island accidentally decriminalized indoor sex work, as you, as you may know, uh, okay. in, the, in the early 2000s. Uh, and uh, during that time period, uh, looking at this from a health perspective, you saw gonorrhea rates fall by 40%, which is a significant uh, sort of off the charts uh, jump. So it's important to listen. It's important to do your research. It's important to look at the data from all sides, including uh, from the most trustworthy sources. And that's, that's what I did, um, you know, as we were considering this issue and and considering, you know, how we wanted to exercise our discretion as, as prosecutors. Yeah, definitely. I didn't want to speak on this topic without having more factual information. Um, definitely I think it's important for people to often talk about sex work in a moral standpoint, but I do appreciate, um, you shedding light on this and you being able to put some information behind this topic. And so what things can we look forward to, um, from you moving forward? Well, uh, you know, we, we are going to continue to prioritize, uh, prosecuting the crime that, really hurts people and that harms the community. And so in the sex work context, uh, you know, I I, want to make this absolutely clear. Uh, If you are a sex worker and you have been sexually assaulted by a client, if you have been physically assaulted by a client, if you know of somebody that is being trafficked uh, or if you yourself are being trafficked, come to us. We will not turn around and prosecute you. I promise Uh, we will prosecute the person that harmed you and we will hold them accountable. So I want to make that uh, make that plea. Uh, I promise that's why I put this policy out there in black and white for everybody to read. Please come to us if you are being exploited, if you are being uh, victimized, if you are assaulted in any way. We won't stand for that. Uh, moving forward beyond sex work, you know, we put into place a number of policies that that, uh, you know, in my view, are moving the ball forward on building a more equitable justice system. I will note one, particularly for the LGBTQ community, that I think is I think is important. Uh, we are the first prosecutor's office in the state of Michigan to openly say that we will prosecute hate crimes that are perpetuated on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay. Uh, I think the Michigan Supreme Court is going to rule in that direction very soon. Uh, but we wanted to send a clear message and let folks know if you are being targeted because of gender identity or sexual orientation or anything or, or in addition to race, religion, uh, sex, whatever, uh, but uh, please report that that will be prosecuted as a hate crime in, 
in our office uh, because, you know, I think one of the most uh, uh, horrible things that somebody can do is make somebody feel uh, as though they may be in further jeopardy simply because of who they are, which is precisely why hate crimes are so dangerous and pernicious. Uh, moving forward, we've got some some other... Uh, Uh-oh. Okay, sorry about that. No, no worries. Uh, I'm not sure if that was on my end or your end or what, but it might have been on my end. So. Okay. All right. Uh, so anyway, I was just talking about my immigration policy. Uh, okay, go but, ahead. Uh, but 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 anyway, the, the the gist of that policy, which we'll release in the next couple of days, is uh, to make sure that we're treating non-citizens fairly in our in our justice system and doing everything we can. Um, to protect non-citizens and to avoid uh, deportation consequences that might come as a result of involvement in the criminal system. So uh, we've got that little to look forward to. And then, you know, moving forward, we're just committed to continuing to serve our community, uh, to listening to the community, to working hand in hand with the community to make the changes that we think are necessary and ultimately to building a uh, fair and equitable justice system for everybody here in Washtenaw County. Okay, thank you so much for sharing and coming on and being a guest and shedding light on that. So I really do appreciate that and I can take this information back to my community and really let them know that as a sex worker, they do have some voice and some protection out here. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. No problem. You have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Bye.